Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. Today with Rabbi Dr. Alon Goshen Gottstein, who is the founder and director of the Elijah Interfaith Institute, and as on, on the cutting edge as a thinker and practitioner and community builder of global interfaith engagement. Thank cut, you. Cut, for cut, cutting, cutting edge. Cutting, but I, we, we use a plastic knife. So plastic let's knife. not make too much. <laughs> no of violence. Yeah, no yeah, violence. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, so to start off, when I think of the question of religious pluralism, the first thing I think of is the, is the, the question of truth. How central is the problem of truth? as a barrier or an open door towards our engagement with religious pluralism? I personally would argue that every religion has to define the issue of pluralism in its own terms. Uh, mm. The issue was born in Christian circles. For them, truth is a byproduct of a more foundational question, the question of salvation, mm. who is saved. So the whole discussion among Christian theologians on the cutting edge, as you say, issues of religious pluralism is the question can you be saved outside Christianity? Can you be saved in other forms of Christianity? So truth is secondary to the question of, of, of salvation. Uh, in the context of Judaism, um, I think our key question is not the question of truth. It's the question of legitimacy. Uh, is another religion legitimate? So we get at this through the question of idolatry, we get at this through the question of the very permissibility or legitimacy of the existence of other religions. Mm. Truth does come into the picture. In my opinion, truth is a much overrated concept. And uh, we tend to talk about truth. Look, if you talk about truth and you have a problem, how are you going to handle internal Jewish pluralism? So if if Christian let let's say let's say you're a rationalist and you're going to talk about Christianity as not being true, what are you going to do with Kabbalah? Are you going to consider Kabbalah then also idolatrous? For the record, mm -hmm. early polemicists against Christianity attacked Kabbalah mm -hmm. on grounds that were similar. Mm -hmm. So the question of truth actually, if you speak globally, truth, okay, we're truth, they're false. That's, that, that's cool. But when you start to move into a final resolution of it, what, what does it mean that we're truth? What part of our religion is truth? Does it mean that everything in our religion is true? Mm -hmm. So if some things in our religion may not be true, say historically, historically not factual or not literal, or we may have misunderstood something, and they also have. So what is the analysis of quantity? At what point does quantity become quality? Mm -hmm. So we tend, to, we tend to use truth like as a, as a flag that we raised. We're true, they're false. When you look at it more closely, you realize it's not the case, and we really mean something very different. Mm -hmm. So the core question, I think, for Judaism is not, are we true and they false, as much as are they also legitimate? Mm. So and so as secondary or, or even third priorities for us as Jews, where would you place the tov, like the good of collaboration we can achieve? That's I know it's more practical. Where would you place shalom? 
just the notion that peace is sort of outweighs truth or, or, or even legitimacy? Like, what are some of the other values that bring us to the table? Okay, I, want, I do want to get back to truth in yeah. a moment, but let me answer your question as is. I think this, this, this goes then about the question of how you go about conceiving of other religions. So depending on how you construct your view of other religions will be the relationship between issues of truth, legitimacy, and the values they bring. So here I want to signal the thought of one of my great heroes in this field, which is the 14th century Rabbi Menachem HaMeiri. Meiri developed a theory of religious tolerance. I hope he's 14th century. I, never, I can never figure out the boundaries between the centuries. Uh, uh, he developed a theory of so-called tolerance, which is a lot more than tolerance. It's a theory of religious le- legitimacy of other religions by saying, we look at their moral fabric, we look at the societies they create, we look at whether they're under a guidance of a law and a morality, and if they're a moral society, we don't care about the fact that they have some wrong concepts. So making those wrong concepts secondary to their moral values, in fact, means privileging those values of what you just referenced as potentially as justice and peace and an ordered moral society over and against the possibility of religious error. The beauty of Meiri is that Meiri says, I don't care about religious error. And you look at it, this goes back to the point I made before. So Christians have a wrong notion of the Godhead, but some Jews also have a wrong notion. Mm-hmm. So why? what is it that makes the one so crucially horrible over and against the other that causes us to Put one over the fence and the other we accept. Well, it's really not the truth per se. It's because they're Jewish. It's because they keep the Torah. It's because they, you, you recognize them fundamentally as us and the others as them, others. And you resolve that problem by recognizing that if we ultimately contribute to the common good, and part of that contributing to the common good then leads to the possibility of collaboration, then in fact, let's, let's, let's just agree fundamentally. Let's agree basically that there is a God basically that there is providence, basically that there is reward and punishment, basically that God wants us to, to, to make the world better. And if you believe in some trivial details like the Trinity and the Incarnation and things that people have died for, for me, you're not the end of the world. Yeah. You, you want to believe that? Believe that. We believe in something else. Yeah. You know what? It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And, and right. from today's perspective, mm-hmm. we're, we're not living in a world where people are asked to give their lives for details of faith. We're, livi- look, we're living in a world where religions are looking at the common enemy, and the common enemy could potentially be materialism, secularity, the erosion of our planet, multiple issues in society, and we realize we've got to work at this together, mm-hmm. put aside our theological differences, and Meir provides a terrific tool for doing this. Yeah, great. So going back to, uh, to truth and what's at stake in truth, um, how much, uh, so how, how do you think about this in terms of absolute truth? To what extent, as an absolute truth, can we embrace partial truths from another as part of our absolute truth? And to what extent can we embrace a relativity of truth to the extent that, uh, that on a subjective level, someone else experienced their truth as true? Does that have any value uh, to us as Jews? Um, I want to begin with a commercial. Yeah. You didn't know this when you launched on the interview, okay? But that's because, you know, we know we know that Phoenix lives on Providence because you don't have water, so you have to live here on Providence, right? <laughs> so so uh, uh, I am coming out with a book on religious truth uh, in a few months. Mm-hmm. And you had no idea no about idea. that, right? You yeah. had no idea about that, okay. <laughs> uh, the book is coming out of the Lytton Library, 
uh, Little Library published uh, in 2012 a collection of essays uh, that I, together with Eugene Korn, edited um, on uh, Jewish theology and world religions. And this is a collection of essays that I've brought together various scholars. Uh, you will know some of the names, uh, Art Green and Tamar Ross and Yehuda Gelman and others. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at the question of religious truth in and of itself and how it relates to other religions. Mm -hmm. So one of the points that I make in there as the editor is indeed that truth is to a certain extent overrated. And in my own contribution to that work, I develop a theory based on the teachings of Rabnosan of Nemirov, the, the foremost disciple of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, who, who, who took Rabbi Nachman's teaching of Likutei Moharan and then created Likutei Halachot, which is a mystical uh, Hasidic commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, a fascinating work because it brings together the mystical, mystical Hasidic foundations of, of Rabbi Nachman and reads Halacha in light of them. So in that essay, Reb Nassim develops a notion of truth, and you just referenced the question of absolute truth. And he says there is, of course, absolute truth, but who really has access to it? The problem is we all take our little truth and we proclaim it to be absolute truth, and the other person, we only give sparks of truth. But in fact, what are we all doing? We're competing with each other. He's talking about internal Jewish pluralism, and I extend that notion beyond Judaism to other kinds of pluralism. What, what are we doing when we look about at, at truth? I basically, we're arguing intra-Jewish, Hasidic, Mitnagdic, nowadays you could mm -hmm. say Orthodox, Conservative, Reform, though maybe th those dynamics are different. But we're having an internal conversation, an internal argument, and because of the differences of truth, what are we doing? We're engaging in machlokas, we're in dispute, right, in disharmony. I understand that your mission here, sitting in Phoenix, is to create broader communal harmony of learning and going beyond those disputes mm -hmm. and differences. That's, that's the very vocation of the host of this conversation. So, says Reb Nassim, in fact, our problem is not that we don't have truth. We have too much truth. Everybody has his truth. <laughs> and because everybody has his truth, we're fighting with one another. Mm -hmm. So he says, what happens is the truth is then leading us to fight. Mm -hmm. So he stands the whole thing on its head and he says, the sign of truth is when it doesn't lead you to fighting. Mm -hmm. And rather relinquish the notion of truth mm -hmm. and uphold communal peace. That's mm -hmm. his message. Mm -hmm. So we can extend that also to other religions, I argue. So... What does that do to the question of, of truth? So Reb Nossam makes a distinction between emet and emet lamita. Truth, and you could translate it, translate it as absolute truth. So he argues the absolute truth only tzaddikim have. In other words, only very high evolved people really have a grasp of truth as it is. But that truth may be very different than our truth. And our truth is already a lower truth, a truth that we've applied to our state of consciousness, which is, which is lower, which is secondary. And therefore... We have to relinquish that notion of truth. He illustrates that very beautifully through a midrash, where in the creation of the world, the angels were caught up in an argument where some were in favor and others were against the creation of man. Truth opposed the creation because man would be full of falsehood. And God took truth and threw it down to the ground. So God forgoes truth. And then he has an amazing, amazing insight. Then he says, the symbol of Moses breaking the tablets is an echo of that original shattering of truth. Mm -hmm. Moses throws to the ground because mm -hmm. he doesn't want machlokas, he doesn't want disharmony, so mm -hmm. truth can get in the way. So the answer is, there is truth, but let's mm -hmm. put truth aside. There are other values we need to cultivate, and he explicitly talks about peace 
as an alternative. So this touches to your previous question. So there's value itself in dialogue. There's value itself in relationship building and understanding. Um, and that itself could have long-term effects of preventing violence and other conflicts. But what would you point to as an example or two of how interfaith community building or engagement has led to justice? How has led to concrete sort of changes that have brought, um, you know, life, you know, saved lives in the world? Um, if one were to measure this concretely, like what would you point to as some of the great successes of the last decades of what interfaith uh, dialogue can lead to? I think one of the greatest successes has been the change in Jewish-Christian relations. Uh -huh. uh, following the Holocaust, the church undertook a revision of its theology, and Jews were part of that consultation. Jews were invited to that. It grew up not only on the foundations of interfaith dialogue, but also that was part of it, leading to leading up to it, especially with the uh, impact of advancing into in, interfaith relations in the U.S., revised its theology, and the Catholics have changed from being some of our biggest enemies to being our closest mm -hmm. friends mm -hmm. and repudiating anti-Semitism. And the, the teachings that were articulated in, during Vatican II under the name uh, of Nostra Aetate, one of the Second Council documents, possibly the greatest revolution that any religious organization has had in terms of revising its teachings in relation mm -hmm. of any kind, mm -hmm. let alone in relation to another group. Um, you look at various situations globally where friendship exists, uh, let's say between Christians and Muslims in various places in Africa, those relationships have saved lives, mm -hmm. have saved situations uh, of conflict. You look at the contemporary collaboration of different groups and issues of, of our common home, as Pope Francis calls it, the earth, and you recognize that religious collaboration is leading to, to uh, interreligious collaboration is leading to to collaboration on the ground on various on various issues that concern our common realities. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Okay, last question for you. Uh, so where are we at now? Like, uh, what are some of the pressing questions that are being discussed now? What are the key tensions that are on the highest level of sort of global discourse? Uh, emerging now in the in the dialogues you're part of, I think I think there are two points I'd like to address here. I think the biggest question is not the key question. I think the big question, the, the biggest question, is the filter down effect. Mm. Uh, everyone, I mean, I just mentioned a moment ago Nostra Aetate. So there's been changes at the top. How deeply have they penetrated? Uh, it's a mixed answer. Parts of the Christian world they haven't penetrated to. Parts of the world they've penetrated very deeply. On the Jewish side, there have been some advances uh, theologically, but there's a refusal on certain communities to accept them. There's the inability educationally to take it from the highest level to lower the community. If the challenge, I think, is not is not cutting-edge ideas, the challenge is spreading and integrating. Uh, when we're fighting for literacy, for education, for keeping our people within the fold, many people consider this is not a priority, we can't make room for it. I think the biggest challenge is actually the filter down effect. In terms of the actual questions of, of, of cutting cutting edge thoughts, I would say that our, our biggest challenges are justifying a theology of other religions and openness towards other religions. I think that's a task that we still have to engage because we have been so caught up in religious polemic that moving from polemic and self-justification of our existence and going beyond the practical collaboration to validation and working out the resources for view of other religions, I think that remains a serious challenge that very few people are, are, are dealing with. 
Yeah, very, very inspiring. Thank you so much. Check out Rabbi Dr. Alon Goshen Godstein's books and the Elijah Institute and all the great work they're doing around the world. Thanks so much.